What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25 you can get a personalized video from me on cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want you got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday I'll make it happen you want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college I'll make it happen whether it's a happy holidays video it can be a gender reveal it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with I'll help make the breakup happen or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style all you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch 365 there'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the booch cast from now till the end of time go there book your video customize it however you want let me know how you want it done and i will make it happen for you so go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show.
What's up everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT! Halloween Havoc 2023, Night 1. This is now a two-night special. And, of course, joining me here on the Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now, he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genius speak it, I'm not that broke. And I've done this in a while, courtesy of Kenny Kill of Nickelodeon. Oh, here we go. Yep, we are kicking off night one of Halloween. A lot better than last week, I promise you that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was last week? Was it? What's the word I'm looking for here? Boring. Okay. Yeah, this one was not boring. No. Um, it was. There, there was some good moments, and there were yeah, a few moments yeah. that were just like, "Why the fuck is this here?" Yeah, but exactly. Overall, it was good, and of course, we opened the show. Mm-hmm. We have a performance by uh, New Year's Day. Uh, they did the song "Vampire," which is the theme song to NXT. And assuming I don't get any copyright strikes, that is the intro song that you heard for this particular episode. At least it wasn't Bad Bunny. But thank God. <laughs> thank God. Oh man, I can't listen to his fucking music but anyway if you hear a different theme song then that means that i got hit with a copyright issue from spotify and i had to change the theme song that's why a lot of times you'll see certain songs change after a couple days because i get hit with a copyright strike and then i gotta fix it now thankfully they don't ban the show they just give me a chance to change the music up so hopefully you heard that as the theme song if you didn't blame spotify uh so we open the show and we have the two hosts in the ring shotzi and scarlet and I want to say something uh, before we get into the, uh, the the crazy things they did. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the most shocking moment of the entire night with these two. Mm. Scarlet spoke. <laughs> Am I the only one that thought that was weird? I guess. Think about it. For as long as Scarlet has been in the WWE with Karrion Cross, oh. this bitch never spoke. She was always quiet. She just stood there. You know, she would mouth the words of the song, you know, fall and pray. Mm-hmm. Like she would she would move her arms around and she would mouth the words. She never spoke. Tonight she did. She spoke. She cut a promo. She spoke and it was great. And she was dressed up in some type of weird costume. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this was. Was this supposed to be um like a, a, a bride or something? I, I don't know I exactly don't know. what. I don't know. Although, of course, we did find out that Shotzi was uh, raising some hell, as it were. Pinhead. Yes, she was dressed up as Pinhead mm-hmm. from Hellraiser and, of course, was holding the box. Was holding the box. We like it. She is some, some weird kinky shit. And Jack Scott here would like her. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the box. It's the box. You open it. She comes. Yep. That means two things. Mm. So anyway, uh, it was fun. It was great. You know, I liked it. Um, you know, the the woman in the box. The woman in the box. <laughs> I'm the woman in the box. Shut up, Vinny. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Jeez, you're such a buzzkill. But anyway, after we get through this craziness, they announce the first official match of the evening from the spin the wheel, make the deal. The Devil's Playground match. Roxanne Perez goes one-on-one against Kiana James. Did you enjoy this? No. Not really? Not really, no. No, I mean, maybe we're just doing this type of match to hype up the crowd. I mean, Kiana James could have come out there with some sort of outfit. Roxanne Perez, who Vinny loves so fucking much. No. 
course not. Why do you insist on doing this? Why why does everyone want to do this? That you know the answer is no. You know I can't stand this raggedy bitch. And I'm very offended that she came out to the ring at, I mean, as my favorite ha- uh, horror movie character of all time. I now, I can't look at Nightmare on the Elm Street the same way. She besmirched the name of Freddy Krueger. Which I didn't think was possible because after the remake of Freddy Krueger, the oh. asshole who played Freddy, I thought that was the man who besmirched Freddy Krueger. But it turns out it can be done in other ways. Mm-hmm. And, and no, it's not because a woman just up like Freddy Krueger. It's because I can't stand Roxanne Perez. It's one of the most overrated uh, wrestlers in NXT. And but otherwise than that, the match was a typical hardcore match. And maybe they're just trying to hype up the crowd. Both ladies got moves in. They both got their shit in. And in the end, Roxanne Perez hits Pop Rocks on top of the bag. One, two, three. And the winner is, and we already know that was going to happen, Roxanne Perez. Take it away, Vinny. Well, I didn't know for sure she was going to win. You have no idea what's going to happen in this match. But I wasn't shocked when Roxanne did. And it just took all the wind out of my sails. (laughs) Because like I said, I was not excited. The match itself was not exciting. Basically... This was a Falls Count Anywhere match with Halloween decorations and shit to use. And, of course, as we mentioned before, Kiana James decided, I'm not going to wear a costume. I'm going to come out to my ring in the regular gear. And, yeah, so that that makes it boring right there because she decides I don't want to be involved in the Halloween theme of everything. So we have this match, and like we said, just a bunch of Halloween shit. They're trading pinfalls. It's basic wrestling, whatever. And every now and then they'll throw in a few weapons and crap and then of course Perez hits James with her own bag and then hits the pop rocks on top of the bag for the win and then after the match Perez dumps out the bag to reveal the pieces of a broken brick inside and I'm supposed to believe that that instantly breaks the brick mm. that that you she's she hits that hard that she made a brick break in half that I'm supposed to believe that shit no no Everything about this match just looked stupid. You called it a devil's playground, and there was barely any play in the playground. (laughs) The only thing that looked believable in this match was missing the moonsault off the barricade, because it made sense, because like I said, Roxanne was standing there way too long. The Mississippis flipped, but she landed on her feet, and then took her out with the bag. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is not exciting. I was not excited for this match at all. Everything on here looked stupid, and everything was basically just a decoration aside from the point where she ripped out one of the wooden parts of the fence. That was probably the one exciting part where she attacked her with that. But other than that, this was just boring as shit. It was not fun, it was not entertaining, and I will say, worst match of the night. Very disappointing. Uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Although I did enjoy the Russian leg sweep through the slide. (laughs) I did enjoy that. And then after that, we cut to... We got an interview here with uh, Carmelo Hayes and uh, Vic Joseph. Basically, in this interview, Carmelo says he's his motivation is stronger than ever. He's removed all distractions out of his way, and he wants there to be no excuses when he has the rubber match with Ilya Dragunov. But of course, the way he says that, like he removed all distractions out of his way, he doesn't have to worry about Trick or anybody else. Now it's feeding into the possibility that everybody believes that Carmelo Hayes is the one who took out Trick Williams. And then, of course, you know, Vic tries to say, if Trick had been in that fatal four-way, would you still be standing here? And he goes, yes. He said, because when push comes to shove, I got to do what I got to do. He said, this is for you, justice for Trick. We done here. And he walks off. Yeah, this way, everybody's going to call ahead. Vic Joseph, of course, is going to like, did you take out uh, Trick Williams? No, I did not. So, and uh, like, he's, you see that Vic Joseph was, uh, was leaning toward um, 
Camilla Hayes being blamed for what happened to Trick. But ever as a lot of people don't know, Camilla did it. was either Corbin or um, Brian Baker. So we'll probably find out who the culprit is next week. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll, ha- it'll either happen during the match or after the match. Or if it doesn't happen next week, it'll be the week after. Yeah. That's the feeling that I have. Agreed. And I will say this. If, in fact, Carmelo Hayes is the one who took out Trick Williams, then I still believe what I said last week will come to fruition. Which is? I believe Carmelo will win mm-hmm. at night two of Halloween Havoc. And when Trick Williams comes back, he's going to challenge Carmelo for the title. And at deadline, he's going to take the belt from him. Mm. I see Trick Williams becoming the NXT champion if Carmelo wins and he is, in fact, the one who took out Trick Williams. But because so many people are already accusing him, it kind of makes me think that maybe it's not him. Because I feel like that would be the predictable route. And the best example of that is years ago, I think it was back in 2010, I want to say, when Kane was trying to find out who took out The Undertaker and put him in a vegetative state. And for some reason, Kane felt it was Rey Mysterio who did it, which sounded dumb as fuck. But then Rey revealed it was Kane who did it. Kane said, no, that's not true. I love my brother. And then The Undertaker showed up at the pay-per-view. I can't remember which pay-per-view it was off the top of my head. And then Undertaker went off to Ray and asked him why he did it. And Ray said, I didn't do it. Then finally he turned around and went after Kane. And Kane and him fought. And then eventually Kane took him out. And that's when it was revealed that Kane was in fact the one who put Undertaker in a vegetative state. And they went into a feud for the World Heavyweight title. So even though that storyline was great, you know, from, from, from the way those two did it, the fact that Kane was the one who ultimately took him out was predictable because we all kind of knew from the beginning. So I'm worried, are they going to go the predictable route with Carmelo Hayes? Or are they going to swerve us and have us think that somebody else is involved? So that's really the thing I'm most concerned with. But either way, next week for night two of Halloween Havoc, which will be on Halloween, it's going to be intriguing to see that match. Because if Dragunov retains, then somebody else had to be the one to take out Trick. Because it makes no sense. But if Melo can walk out with the NXT title, then it gives him, you know, merit to be the one to attack him. True. It makes more sense that way. Then we cut to the, another section of the backstage area where we see uh, the tarot cards. Fox being read by uh, Shotzi and um, Scarlet. Scarlet. They're doing tarot cards, which means they're saying that they're going to lose something precious or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Akira Tozawa takes the trophy and walks away while they all argue over the tarot cards. And then they find out the cup is gone and they're freaking out and no one knows where it is and they're all pissed. No. No. No? No. Can I do it, please? Go ahead. What's this? Bad. No, it was sad. Fucking awful. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. I can't stand these right here. I don't know what to say. It's just Mayor of Weber, the guy with the fucking dreadlocks, he looks like he got spooked. He's pissed off over a cup that's useless. So I have to say, this was stupid. This was done. I don't want to talk about this. Well, moving on. Yeah. It was goddamn ridiculous. It served no purpose. Why? This was basically a comedic segment, which would have been a lot funnier if. It didn't involve that stupid, dumbass cup that nobody cares about. So, waste of fucking time. But I'll tell you what was a waste of fucking time. A uh, uh, waste of time uh, time that will never get back in our precious lives. No, not at all. And then we're going to move on, ladies and gentlemen, to the next match of the evening. 
damn, I'm excited to talk about this one. We have Lexus King versus Dante Chen. You know, if I thought it was going to be a squash at first, but then again, I timed it. How, guess how long it was? How long was it? Four minutes and ten seconds. All right. That's... Yeah, I mean, you have to admit, Dante Chen, he can fucking move. Chen can move in the ring. Even though he's a jobber, but he looks like he actually knows what the fuck he's doing in the ring. And I was surprised he didn't, like, hit a finish move. One, two, three, and 30 seconds. But I know, like, a lot of people, Lexus King, yes, as Prime Pillman's son, Brian Pillman Jr. Dude, you cannot deny the fact that you look, that you're, you're his, that's your father because you look identical. Well, yes, obviously. He does look like his dad and he's not denying the fact that he is the son of Brian Pillman. The whole concept of this character, of this gimmick, changing the name to Lexus King, which, which as we mentioned before, this is a playoff of his sisters. Mm-hmm. He has a sister named Alexis and he has another sister whose last name is King. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept of this is the fact that even though he knows Brian Pillman is his dad, biologically, he he doesn't consider him to be his father in the, the kayfabe world of wrestling because he died when he was four. And he never met his dad, really. Like, he knew, he never really spent enough time with his dad to form an emotional bond that would last a lifetime. He doesn't have a lot of stories about his dad. He doesn't have a lot of memories about his dad because when you're four years old, you don't get a lot of cool stories about your dad. Especially if your dad's a professional wrestler or an old school dad. Like, today, there's a lot of new age dads that are more involved more hands-on, spend more time with their kids than normal. Because most dads back then did, just didn't do that. And, you know, sure, there's a part of you as a kid that's upset about it, but that's a fact. You know, men didn't talk like that. You know, they didn't really say, I love you, a whole lot. You know, they you would hear it, but you had to hear it, like, on certain occasions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it just it wasn't something that dads just threw out all the time because, you know, men were men. They were working. They were providing their whole their concept of showing love was paying the bills, buying the food and putting the roof over your head, which sounds cold and heartless. But when you look at and, I, and I'm not going to go on too much of a tangent on this, because I do it enough. But when you look at the way relationships are built today, that's all they really care about, because that's the truth. As a dad, no one gives a shit if a father loves their kid. All they care about is can you financially support them? You can be the most loving father in the world. If you can't financially provide, you don't have your kid no more. At the same time, you can be the most emotionally unavailable dad in the world. But if you can provide the funds to feed and clothe and put a roof over their head, they'll hand them right over to you. Very true. They do not care. Stop pretending that you do. You know you don't care if dads love their kids or not. True. That being said, that's why this gimmick comes into play. Mm Mm-hmm. So he knows he looks like Brian Pillman. He can't. He's not denying that's his dad. He's just saying I personally don't acknowledge him. That's why he's going by Lexus King because he said King was the man who raised me. That's the man who took care of me. That's the man who taught me how to walk, how to talk, how to be a man. That's the that's the father figure in his life was the man who had the last name King. So that's why he's calling himself Lexus King. He wants to build his own legacy. He doesn't want the Pillman legacy. That's why when he walks to the ring, he says, Brian Pillman is dead. He's and it's great. It work. Yeah, it's making it work. And so now, and I'm actually glad this wasn't a 30-second squash. And the reason it wasn't, 
efficient and it didn't need to be was because the only time you should have really a 30 second squash is usually for the big giant guys mm-hmm. like the Braun Strowmans, the, the big shows, the, the Nia Jaxes, if you will. They were the ones when they started out had to have the squash matches, Braun Strowman, because they were big monster guys. They had to establish these are big monstrous badasses. Lexus King needs to be able to show everybody what he can do in the ring, establish some of his movesets, find out what his finisher is. You need to train the audience. This is who I am. This is what I do. And every time I hit this move, I win. So four minutes was enough time. Lexus King did not need a long, dragged out match. Why? Because he's debuting. And also, Lexus King is not well known to the NXT audience at this current time. Everybody else around him had storylines that were built up. Lexus King just had vignettes. He... All he had to do in this match was introduce himself. And that's what he did. And it was great. You know, he hit the axe bomber to the back of the head. Every time Shen fired up, King would destroy him. Hit the super kick. Hit a modified hangman swinging DDT. And got the win. One, two, three. There you go. Lexus King got in, got out, established who he is. And all we got to do now is hear more promos. He'll get more matches. And as he starts to tell a story in the ring, the day will come when he can wrestle longer matches. And if you seen him in AEW, you know he can go for a long time. Yes. Because in AEW, they let everybody go for a fucking long time. Yeah, they do. So, you know if you watched AEW that he can work. But if you haven't watched AEW, right now they're establishing his character, they're establishing his gimmick, and then once he's got that figured out, once the audience learns that, and he gets to a match with somebody on the roster that isn't a jobber and actually matters... Then we'll see the longer matches and he'll get more ring time. He did exactly what he needed to do in this match against a guy who doesn't matter. Very true. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We've got the semifinal match of the women's breakout tournament. Kalani Jordan goes one-on-one against Ariana Grace. Did you enjoy this right here? Not really. Me neither. I mean, it it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't. It was just... Not interesting. Not interesting at all. Because the women's breakout tournament is not really interesting this year. You know, it's not. There's not a lot of women on here that are making me go, whoa, that's the future. I'm, yeah. I'm not seeing it here. And then Ariana Grace character kept on trying, kiss my hand, kiss my hand, kiss my hand. George's like, no, let's wrestle. Hello. And then to make the short seat can, Jordan has a split, uh, split leg moonsault for the one, two, three. Yeah. This was boring as shit. Exactly. Well, and the whole the whole concept of her trying to get her to kiss her hand is because usually before a match, you know, they have the thing where sometimes if the wrestlers are both baby faces, mm-hmm. they do they do the shaking of the hand. Mm-hmm. You know, shake hands. Yeah. But when you're dealing with someone fancy or like a, a, a beauty queen or a princess or someone of a high royal stature, usually, you know, if you're a guy, mostly, it's usually the guy thing, you grab the girl by the fingers while, the, while they, they take the wrist, they, they bend the wrist down like a limp wrist. Yeah. You grab the fingers and you bring the hand up to your mouth and you kiss the top of their hand. And that's meant to uh, be a formal... Greeting. It's an official greeting that you do to like women at fancy events, hotels, or, or, or galas, or things like that. You know, instead of just looking up to a girl and going, "Hey, put her there, pal," like shake their hand, you just kind of grab the hand, and you do a little kiss on the on the top of the hand. So she wanted her to do that, and Kalani's like, first of all, you ain't fucking royalty, bitch, and second of all, I'm here to wrestle. So yeah. either do, and I'm a woman. So I'm, I'm a woman doesn't do that to another woman. That you don't do that. You do proper handshakes if you're women. Women shake hands the way men shake hands. That's how that goes. 
okay? Even if you're lesbians, you're still that's still the standard, okay? So, no, you're not getting that here. If Ariana Grande wants her hand kissed, go backstage and find a guy that's fancy enough to want to do that. So, overall, you know, like I said, the match was was good, you know? Jordan has a great drop kick. Uh, you know, Grace got some good moves in. She was working over Jordan. She eventually fires up with a series of near falls. Grace and Jordan fight up top. Jordan knocks Grace off, and that's when Jordan hits the split-legged moonsault for the win. So, the match wasn't bad, and both these girls have shown that when the bell rings, they can work. So, I'm excited for that. It's just that from the excitement, edge-of-your-seat standpoint, that wasn't the case here. This was basically, you know, the nuts and bolts. The meat and potatoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? The peas and the carrots. Exactly. This was this was normal shit. That's basically yeah, what we're seeing it here. Wasn't, it wasn't that exciting either. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and that's the thing. It's like it, it wasn't a whole lot of filth. It's kind of like um uh and I'll use a Roman Reigns bit here. If this was sex, it would be just missionary. Okay. That's basically what this was. It was like you know yeah you it was good. There was a, there were orgasms all around, but there wasn't any like special shit. You know there was no hand there was no hair pulling. There was no ass slapping. There was no dirty talk it was just missionary to the point orgasm roll over make me a sandwich that's basically what happened here and just to be clear that was not a sexist joke i'm not telling the women to go make me a sandwich i'm just saying usually after sex you would tell the girl to make you a sandwich as a bit that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. i was not insulting the women in the ring mm-hmm. they can make me a sandwich ah, nope. what i want a sandwich no you can go make your own fucking sandwich can you make me the sandwich no i cannot mr Bicciarelli, the ginger will not make me a sandwich you think he cares mr Bicciarelli cares Mr. Bitch, you ready? Mr. Bitch, you ready? Mr. Bitch, ready? I want him to make me a sandwich. Gator, um, Zach is not going to make you a sandwich. Zach doesn't even know how to make a sandwich, period. Okay? Now, if you need your plate cleaned after you eat the sandwich, by all means, we'll bring him in. But no, he's not making you a sandwich, Gator. So go away. Anyway, um,. On that note, we move on now. We cut to uh, a rehab facility. And by that, I mean physical therapy rehab, not the, uh, hi, I'm Johnny, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Von Wagner is there. And he's got the walker, and now he's at, this is where he's, like, learning how to walk and recovering from the injury sustained from Braun Breaker. And Von Wagner asks Mr. Stone why he challenged Braun Breaker to a match. Mr. Stone says he knows he's going to get destroyed, but if he can get one good shot in, it will be worth it. Wagner tells Mr. Stone he's his friend. Mr. Stones agrees. Did you understand this at all? Yes, I did. Okay, he's just basically saying, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I'm doing it for you. Yeah. That's what he's basically saying. So when this match happens, Mr. Bichu, uh, Mr. Wilkos, let's say a short prayer for Mr. Stone, please. Dear, uh, dear Lord, please make this a squash. Or you never know, Mr. Stone can come out to Robbie E. like he did before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I really, really wish they would let him work. I know they probably won't because he's in manager mode, but if he could get some, if he has some type of build on him, if he can get that physique back, which I know it won't happen after a week unless he really trains in the gym or, you know, unless he uh, is able to sneak in them roids. Um, Not that I'm saying he ever took roids. I don't think he did, but I'm saying he would have to to get that body back in a fast amount of time. But I'll tell you right now, if they would just let him, obviously he doesn't have to be Robbie E. If he could wrestle like Robbie E and just be able to work a match, it'd be fucking fantastic. Just because we know he can. That's the thing. What I know for a fact, a person can go in the ring but they don't, or the storyline doesn't let them, it irritates me. It was like when Roman Reigns was facing Adam Pierce. Like, yes, I get it, Adam Pierce is an official, but that was scrap, iron, Adam Pierce. 
that motherfucker could work. I've seen matches of him in Ring of Honor. That motherfucker could go. That's why if him and Nick Aldis had a GM versus GM match, it would tear the fucking house down because both those guys are phenomenal workers. Now, could they work full-time 365 days a year? Probably not. They might be past that point in their careers because of where they're at, but they could work a match, most definitely. So I'd love to see that. But he said, like, you know, he was talking about this, you know, you're like, like he's basically saying, I'm doing this for you. You're my friend and everything. And Wagner looks at him and goes, I'm your friend? He's like, you're damn right you are. <laughs> And you see Von Wagner now, he starts moving with the walker, and it was almost like he was so emotionally touched that Mr. Stone called him his friend that it motivated him to get better. Like, now I want to get better, and it gave him confidence, Mm -hmm. which was fucking beautiful. I almost cried during Like, just because the emotion from that story, because they're selling it. And it makes me excited to see Mr. Stone versus Braun Breaker. You know, it's, it's going to be a great match. Yeah. So then we cut to the hosts of Halloween Havoc, Shotzi and Scarlet. And Shotzi is no longer uh, the woman in the box. She is now Edward Scissorhands. Uh-huh. Scarlet, I have no idea what she was dressed as. Uh-huh. But anyway, the Creed brothers come out with Ivy Nile. And they ask for a match next week against Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, the Los Lotharios, uh-huh. since they cost them a shot at the tag team titles. Shotzi agrees and said they should determine the match type by spinning the wheel and making the deal. So the creeds agree. So Ivy Nile spins the wheel mm-hmm. and it lands on a tables, ladders, and scares match. Apparently somebody from Virginia didn't really like this this much. What in the butt is a tables, ladders, and scares match? I don't know. You what better the, to, you're, you're supposed to be better than me. Why in the hell are they doing a tables and ladders and scares? What uh, the I, fuck is this? I don't know. I'm not doing the writing or the booking on this. Why can't they just do regular match stipulations? Why are we doing this stupid shit? Because it's Halloween next week. Yes. Really? That's why? Because it's stupid ass Halloween? You like Halloween because every day for you is Halloween. So we just going to do like Halloween Havoc 89 and burn it down like Notre Dame? No. Hey. Gator. Basket. Hey, the decorations, the decorations burned to the ground at Halloween Basket. Havoc 89. It Basket. burned down like the bells of Notre Dame. Basket! What? Basket. What? You didn't even I watch? swear to God, if you don't, I will convince Vinny. You don't even watch the territories. So I don't even I will care. T- I will you convince Vinny yes. to take the yes. territories away from you. The ginger doesn't like Southern wrestling. It won't let me talk about it. No, I'm no, because you're saying stupid shit, Vinny. I swear to God, if you don't get Vin- uh, if you don't get Gator back in the basket, I'm walking out. You got ten seconds. Ten. Okay, hold on, hold on. Nine. Get Gator, 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 fuck off. Hold on. Zach, you do realize if you walk out of here, you don't have a ride home. Why do you keep doing this threat that you know you can't follow through with because you don't have a ride home? I understand that. It's make Gator shut the fuck up. That doesn't work. You gotta... I'm trying. What the hell am I supposed to do? I don't know. Let him tire himself out like George that, Foreman. No, no, I'm not going to do that. No, now you shut the fuck up. Now we can get on with, get on with this. But I, but he is making a valid point, though. I mean, I yeah, think that the... he has. He does. What is the hell is the table allows to scares? I don't know either. And is there going to be some stip... Are they going to... I don't know what the hell they're Like, is it a TLC match with Halloween shit? Are there going to be ghosts and goblins coming out to scare everybody? And also, here's the other thing. And this is my issue with this match. It's tables, ladders, and scares. So, there may or may not be chairs in this match, but we do know there's going to be tables, and we do know there's going to be ladders. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. What the fuck are you going to hang above the ring? The number one contendership for the number one contendership thing for uh, the... Tag titles? Tag titles. Like, like a contract or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to put a contract in a briefcase or something, like, but don't use the money in the bank briefcase. Get a regular like business briefcase. Yeah. I would be okay with that. 
But I don't want to see a match where it's just tables and ladders and people getting scared and then you pin them one, two, three. Because I don't like ladder matches, as I mentioned before, that don't involve climbing the ladder to grab something. Using a ladder just to use it is a major pet peeve of mine. Mine too. Okay? Either something needs to be hanging above the ring or your last name needs to be Hardy. That's it. Other than that, I don't want to see a fucking ladder. So I get a feeling I'm not going to like this match just for that. I don't want to see stupid ladder spots. If you're going to get ladders, climb up, grab a fucking Thing. And also, here's an idea. When you put these matches together on the spin the wheel, make the deal, and then you announce they're official and everything, here's a bright idea. Explain to us what the fuck they mean. Have a commentator, Vic Joseph, Booker T, whoever, probably Vic Joseph because he's the lead play-by-play -play man. And plus, I can only hear shucky ducky quack quack so many fucking times in a day. But I'm saying what you do is you have Vic Joseph say, hey, I'm receiving word the match is official and here's what it is. Like you got somebody telling you in your ear, hey, this is what the match is about and educate us. Teach us what these matches are or what the difference is between this and their normal counterpart. I want to be excited for this match, but I'm worried it's going to be unnecessary fuckery. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Titles. The Family defends the titles against Chase U with Thea Hale and JC Jane. Match of the night, Vinny? I'd say yes. Yeah, this match was off the fucking chain. Everybody came out, everybody was getting their moves in. I mean, it was an enjoyable match right <laughs> here. It really, really was. I mean, and you finally got to see that um, uh, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, they work really well in the ring together. I mean, very fucking well. Of course, Tony D and Stacks, AK the family, they got their moves in. Chase U got their moves in. But for a second there, I seriously thought someone was going to throw in the towel. And they kept on chanting that. Remember that? Yeah, they were uh, chanting throw. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. Throw the towel. Because Thea Hale hinted at it earlier when they were backstage. And they were. I was thinking, if they're going to lose this match, that would be how they did it. So I was waiting for Tony D or Stax to throw in a submission hold. Mm -hmm. And then see Thea Hale throw the towel. And that would be her and JC saying, fuck you to chase you. And also, one of the best spots uh, one of the best spots of that match, or my favorite spot, is when uh, Duke Hudson jumped over the top felt and hit that German suplex to break up the pin. That was the most beautiful fucking thing. And the funny thing is, at first we didn't see it. No, they were zoomed in on a different camera angle. Yeah, all we saw was a German suplex. We were like, yeah. okay, that was cool. Then they cut to another angle and they saw him leap over, grab him, and in one fluid motion, leap, grab, flip. And I was like, that is fucking beautiful. Beautiful spot. God, Duke Hudson's and amazing. And then, uh, then uh, JJ tried to sneak Andre, uh, uh, Mr. Chase, the um, crowbar. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. No. And, and sends it back. Uh, a couple moves in. And then all of a sudden, Tony D knocks down Jesse J. He's like, what the hell? All of a sudden, Andre Chase pins him. One, two, three. And new tag team champions chase you. Take it away, Benny. Yeah, so basically that's what happened was because uh, Thea Hale was on the apron because she was yelling at Andre Chase for not wanting to use the crowbar because he's the babyface. He doesn't want to win that way. But then when um, Tony D comes in with the clothesline, he ducks the clothesline as he bounces off the ropes. He knocks off JC Jane and he didn't notice JC was up there. Mm -hmm. So he's looking down like, what the hell? Because he's also a babyface. And Andre just took advantage of it with the rolling prong hold. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called, okay. apparently. And he got the win and we were all in a state of fucking shock. <laughs> we're like, no! Because we didn't expect Chase U to win. Nope. 
And of course, we did see the spot that we all love to see from Chase U, where Tony D was down, he's doing the song, he goes, give me a C! C! Give me an H! W. What are you doing, fucking... Uh, God. You need to go back to fucking kindergarten, I swear to God. Give me an A. W. Give me an S. T. You're a dumbass. <laughs> Give me an E. D. This is stupid. This is goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> You're just going to kill the whole fucking bit. Give me a U. Watch what happens now. U. Finally. What does that spell? Um, um, oh, yeah. Chase U. You do not know how to spell. You need to go back to fucking kindergarten. I swear <laughs> to God. Misspelling words. Can't pronounce fucking words. <laughs> if I didn't know you were a high school dropout before, I'd sure as shit do now. <laughs> Swear to God. All right. So anyway, we have... So they have, Like I said, this tag team match was stellar. It was a great match. Both guys did well. And in the end, Chase U won the belts. And now we got to figure out what's next for the family. Do they go for a rematch? Or are they going to move on to uh, bigger and better things? Yeah, I mean... I feel sorry, but I think uh, I think it's time for the Chase U to have some gold. I was getting pretty sick and tired of seeing the feeling with the tag team champions because they never seem to defend it. Only on pay-per-views. You can never go maybe Stacks and get in and do a match. Or maybe or maybe the the fat I mean Tony D can do a match every once in a while. I'm just saying. Hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's get one thing fucking straight right now. First of all, I defend my titles on pay-per-views because I'm a fucking star. I don't defend my titles on free TV. Now, well, look what happens. You defend on free TV and you're lost. It's a special televised event. Get it fucking right. Mm. Stick of us with the tag team belts. Hey, you helped us get these belts, Cherry Top. Oh, I forgot about that. I Oops. didn't. I remember the money I spent that you blew through like you thought the shit was going to rot. In the cake, too. That lasted about, about three days. Jesus fucking Christ with this guy. But yeah, so we lost the fucking belts. Goddamn, J.C. Jane, this fucking broad, got in our fucking way, and then that fucking Andre got lucky. He got fucking lucky, all right? Him and his little fucking, you know, the fucking whatever, the meathead that he brought Duke up Hudson. fucking... Duke Hudson, they're not. Oh, yeah, Duke Hudson, whatever Duke Hudson. I, yeah. won't, I promise you, go call my meathead to his face and stick his finger in, and stick your finger in his face. You think he's going to take that shit slightly? Let's see here. No. Yeah, you know why they call him Duke Hudson? No, why they call him Duke Hudson? Because he dropped out of Duke. He's about to get buried in the Hudson fucking river. Yeah, and they just beat you for the tag team titles. No. And, 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 and also, did he also jump off the top rope and German suck you, German soup up you like a sack of potatoes? First of all, I don't go up like a sack of potatoes. He just happens to be fucking Oh, strong. I'm sorry. Sack of pasta. Is that better for you? Pasta doesn't go in a fucking sack. What is wrong with you? Yeah, get on your nerves. You sound fucking working? stupid. I think it's working now. Oh my God, though. <laughs> My own God forbid. <laughs> Seriously, how, how, how does the boots put up with this fucking guy? Seriously. You guys I bring even... in the ratings. That's what I do. Does he seriously bring in the fucking ratings? Do you seriously tune in to listen to this fucking guy go off on fucking shit? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> it's like, what would I hit you with? A sack of boiling water? For fuck's sake. All right. Anyway, I got to deal with this fucking shit. But look, bottom line is these college jerk-offs got lucky. The school that ain't even a real fucking school. Might as well take an online course. It's the same fucking thing. It's got as much credibility as Phoenix. So anyway, this fucking crap. But I promise you this. I promise you this. 
The next chance Stax and I get at those belts, we're fucking taking them back. And we're gonna make sure that both of these fucking broads are gonna be gone from the fucking ringside area. And when it's all said and done, we're gonna have the fucking belts back. And Chase can go back to cussing out his students for no fucking reason. And Duke can go around to holding that fucking trophy pretending like it fucking matters. Got about as much value as that trophy that the Fugazi metaphor Yeah, yeah, holds. yeah. I agree with you on that. I don't like, like, v Vinny and I don't, don't like the metaphor whatsoever. This is fucking ridiculous. I don't, this is the dumbest fucking shit. Alright. Well, I ain't got time to talk about this. I'm gonna go deal with some business. You guys finish your fucking show. <sighs> <laughs> what? You, you do realize if he kills you one day, I can't protect you. He's not gonna kill me. He loves me so much. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're so fucking lovable. Anyway. Goddamn right I'm lovable. Nah, you're not. Yeah, I'm still around. I, you, you let me stick around after how many years? Yeah, you serve a purpose. Anyway. Yeah, thank you, I do. Moving on. To hey, wait a minute. What? What? Never mind. I said you serve a purpose. What? What? What's the purpose? That it, it, it's a reminder. It's it, honestly, yeah. It, it's a reminder of what? That no matter how bad my life sucks, at least I'm not Zachariah Scott. That's true. <laughs> Trust me, I'm, my life is. Crazy. That's what I'm saying. No matter how bad my life sucks, I look at you and go, "It could be worse." Yeah, it could be. It could or my be worse. Are, are people who are. Nah, trust me. People think, my life does not suck. It's just boring. Yeah. Trust me on that. All right. Moving on. Yes. And now we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. But time out. Hold on. I forgot this. This is here and this is here. Oh, oops. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Once again, Zach don't know how to read. So we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. I read better than you. Really? Yeah. I got an email that says you don't. That was hard to say. <laughs> that was hard for you too. So shut up. That wasn't hard for me to read. It was just hard for me to understand what the fuck he was trying to say. Well, you figured it out. Yes, I did. Good for you. All right, let's talk about this match. Yes, we're moving on now to the next match of the evening. This was another spin the wheel, make the deal match, a lights out match. Gigi Dolan goes one-on-one -on -one against Claire Davenport. Did they have to have the lights off? Well, yes, it's a lights out match. But this match, this type of stipulation of match, you couldn't see anything. You know what they could have needed? More lights, because I did not like, I did not like seeing all the dark. You couldn't see anything, could you? You could a little bit. They had some things light lit up a certain way or a little, some, I think uh, Gigi had some things on that were a little bit of glow in the dark or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. They, they set it up in a special way, but I think if you're going to do a lights out match, you do need to make some of it as visible as possible. Yeah, Vinny didn't really care for what Blair Devereaux came out there as uh, with the rain, with yellow raincoat with the red balloon. Yeah, she was trying to be Georgie from uh, It, but she was doing the modern version of it. I'm like, can you at least get rid of one of the hands and like, you know, then take the jacket off or whatever, make it really funny? Because the whole purpose of Georgie was he lost the arm because uh, Pennywise bit it off. And during this whole fucking match, we kept on, we were dead. Tables, da, 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 da. We want tables, da, 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 da. Where is Devon? Da, 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 da. No? Devon was nowhere to be found. Ah. But honestly, this match, I think these two ladies beat the shit out of each other, didn't they? Oh, yeah. It this was, was a, this was a typical hardcore match. It was a no, it was basically a no-holds-barred match, just in the dark. Just in That's the dark. That's what it was. Yeah, it was... Because uh, they had, it was, it was, weapons were legal, mm -hmm. no DQs, no count-outs, pinfall can only happen in the ring. And know what the crazy thing is, wonderful thing was? What? They used tables, they used chairs, they used whatever they used, but no ladders. Yay! 
Well, yeah, they they weren't going to use any ladders. There was no cause for it. Yeah. They did use other weapons and yeah. stuff, and you know they were using regular weapons as opposed to the Halloween shit that was used in the Devil's Playgrounds. You know, so they used a couple of those things. But ultimately, in the end, Dolan hit a falconer off the commentary desk to the table, which I liked. Mm-hmm. But Davenport eventually sent Dolan back into the ring, hit the Kimmy Go mm-hmm. for the win. So Blair Davenport got the win, and what was again because of the lights being out, you had to like really pay attention. Uh, hard to see, hard to enjoy. Um, didn't deliver. It didn't deliver. The lights were on. Maybe we it would probably been a little bit better. No, I don't know. I just feel like the match wasn't as interesting. I feel like it could have been better. I understand um, that though. And then, all these ladies got their shit in now, so that's what's important. Yes. And then we cut to Nathan Fraser and his hard truths. And he basically challenges Dominic Mysterio to a match for the NXT North American Championship. He also talked about how last year at Halloween Havoc, he got injured in the multi-man ladder match, which I think was for the North American Championship. And now he's saying that he came back, he recovered, he got better than ever. And he said that he's hoping that uh, Rhea Ripley can give Dom back his balls for a week. And gave him a shot at the title. Yeah, yeah, that part with the ball was. Well, I hope you can win because mommy has your nuts in her own purse. I was like, that was a pretty good burn right there because it's true. It is. <laughs> That's why I don't. I have no respect for the Judgment Day anymore. Yeah, me neither. Because they're the biggest group of cuckolds in wrestling. I don't even call them the Judgment Day anymore. I call them cuckolds. So you've been saying that for weeks. Yes, oh. because of how pathetic it is that clearly Rhea Ripley is bossing all these dudes around. Yeah, and, and uh, it's fucking like, pathetic. Yeah, and uh, like Nathan Fraser, Dirty Dom doesn't like me. I don't like him. So basically, what he said in this in his little thing right in his segment right here says, "I'm challenging you, Dirty Dom Mysterio, uh, Dirty Dom Mysterio." To a North American Championship match at night two at Halloween Havoc. And they make the match official, so yeah. it's going to be for the North American and title. I, I'm telling you right now, something's going to happen. If, he w- if Nathan Fraser wants, I would be happy with that. I would, because I know he's a high flyer, but for strange reason, I like his heart. I do. Yeah. I like him. I like him. I don't hate all the high flyers, but that's what he does. Well, here's the thing. Um, ultimately, if Dominic loses the title, where does he go from here? Because clearly, they have set this up to where as long as Dominic and Rhea are together, he's probably not losing this title because Rhea's going to help him. And also, like I said, he lost the belt to Trick Williams and they gave it right back to Dominic. Which made no fucking sense whatsoever. We were pissed that night. And they did the same thing. At Fastlane, they gave the tag belts to Cody and Jay and then put them right back on Finn and Damian. Finn and Damian technically shouldn't have lost the belts in the first fucking place but they put it right back on them so I can't trust anything that happens with Dominic Mysterio as the North American champion let's say Nathan Fraser does win Mm -hmm. how do we know night two he's not going to demand a rematch and get it back or in two weeks demand a rematch and fucking get it back Mm -hmm. it's just it's goddamn ridiculous (laughs) so that's why I can't be excited for this match because I I don't think we're going to get a clear we're going to get a winner from Nathan Fraser and even if he does win I see no reason why he would keep it and then we cut to the backstage area with Vic Joseph again, this time interviewing Ilya Dragunov. He asks uh, Ilya if he plans on changing his strategy or what he's going to do differently. He says, I don't adapt to my opponents, they adapt to me. And that Carmelo has not been focused on the NXT Championship the way he has. And he said that will be his downfall because Carmelo Hayes is a desperate man. And he said that Ilya has no plans to lose the title. It represents 30 years of sacrifice. And he will prove that he is the unbusy bar. I mean, this right here is basically saying that, like, he's like, I'm going to go in the Halloween Havoc Night 2 as champion. 
then I'm going to leave Halling Havoc Night 2 as still champ, walk out as still champ. It's like, he's basically saying, bring it on, Carmelo Hayes. You you got your mind out in the clouds. You got too much going on right now. And he managed that clear. Something's going on in the head of yours, Melo. Just saying. He says basically what I just said. It's like, I'm going to leave. I'm walking champion. I'm going to leave as champion. That's basically what it was. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all Dragunov really has to say, you know, but it's still great to hear him, him deliver it the way he does. And Dragunov clearly is determined to hold on to that championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just won it. So like I said, unless you plan on having Carmelo and Trick feud over the title, I see no reason why Dragunov should lose it. But I said before, if Carmelo is in fact the one who took out Trick Williams, then it should make sense for him to win the title because then he could say, I did the right thing because out trick there to get in my way or hold me back or distract me i was able to win the championships and then have trick take it from mellow so trick can finally have his moment in the sun and get out of carmelo's shadow very true so ultimately that's what needs to be done yes so it's going to be a fun match and like i said it's the rubber match because each one has a victory over the other Mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens And then we see uh, Carmelo uh, backstage somewhere when all of a sudden he's approached by Shotzi and Scarlett, who are dressed like the little girls from The Shining. Yeah, I saw this right here. As soon as he pulled up, I was like, really? The Shining? But it makes sense, because that's one that is a very creepy fucking movie. Thank you, Jack Nicholson. Basically, they say to Mello, they read the cards, all signs point to you. And Mello's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get back my NXT championship. They said, no, it's who attacked Trick. And he said, look, I don't believe in any of that, all right? He goes, hey, go bother somebody else. <laughs> and then they start smiling and look at each other evilly. That could tell that he might have something to do with it, but I think he just shake and tie to everybody accusing him, uh, accusing him of hurting Trick. Well, yeah. I mean, if you didn't commit a crime, you're going to get pissed off when people keep accusing you of it. Or you're going to get angry to cover up the fact that you didn't do it or try to evoke sympathy if you are, in fact, guilty. But even if you're guilty or innocent, if you are constantly being accused of something, it's going to piss you off. When you're trying to explain to people, I didn't do this. I am innocent. But it's going in one ear and out the other because nobody gives a fuck. And that happens a lot to a lot of people. So that's why Melo's frustrated. Because again, we don't know if he attacked him. It seems like that's the direction they're going. But again, if if he's not the one who attacked Trick Williams, I'm very intrigued to see who did. And I think whoever did, if it's not Melo, it's going to be a shock. And it's going to make for a great story. Very true. And then we cut to Mackenzie Mitchell, and all of a sudden we see uh, who, I, I didn't know who it was at the time, but we found out later it was Fallon Henley, who apparently has her own costume. She's dressed as Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> this was too fucking good. Yeah, and uh, Tiffany's talking about the uh, only match she cares about is the main event. She goes, and t- and uh, Fallon Henley comes in and goes, because I'm going to get back my tippy title because it's tippy time, and I'm going to go back to the tippy top, and I'm the center of the universe. If there's a universe, there's me in the center of I'm the rich. tippy top. I'm rich. Did you know that? And then she's doing, and she does a dead on perfect fucking impression. And he goes, you can go now. Doodles. And then she walks away and everybody goes, oh, and then she comes back and punches her. And they all break it up. And a fight breaks out. Yeah, I was like, this was fucking hilarious. You and I just looked at each other. We just started chuckling. (laughs) Here's the thing. I was laughing because I was trying to figure out who the fuck that was. (laughs) I was too. Because I didn't, it wasn't until we we, we pulled up the notes and we went on Twitter and we saw it was fucking Fallon Henley. I love it now. I, I couldn't tell. I legit could not fucking tell because I'm not used to seeing Fallon Henley dressing in anything that isn't blue collar. 
True. You know, she every look she has is denim and blue collar and I work in a bar and that shit. So to see her in the flashy shit is great. It shows that Fallon Henley cleans up very well. Like if you put her in a dress and take her to a cocktail party, <clears throat> she can pull that shit off. She makes she looks makes it look better than fucking Tiffany herself. Yeah, I mean it, it was great. I loved it. Like that's if Tiffany was all natural mm-hmm. and Fallon Henley pulled that off. It was beautiful. Now it's building a feud between them, and I can't remember if they said there was gonna happen. Something was gonna happen at they did night two of Halloween Havoc. They did it. Yeah, they'll probably wait till yeah. the next one because they've already stacked. They're already stacking up both these cards. Yeah, they are. But they're definitely planting the seeds for what can be a great uh, program. Yeah, very true. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We've got the other semifinal match in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament: Carmen Petrovic. Goes one on one against Lola Vice with Electra Lopez. Yes or no? No. No. Meh. Meh. Um, I don't know how to say this. This match is. I don't want. I don't like this woman's breakout tournament because I don't know none of these ladies. They're all great athletes and everything else, but I want to make this short and sweet and let Benny take on a bam bam swipe strike and uh, Lola Vice once. That's it. That's yeah, it. this <laughs> I, was boring as shit. Benny. Carmen's kind of nice. Both these ladies look like are nice to look like. And Lola Vice, how she won? She did that little hip thing. I was like, yeah, the only entertaining thing about the whole fucking thing. Well, they're nice to look like if you're a woman, but it's nice to look at if you're a dude. So I think we should clarify that. Sorry. It's like, they're nice to look like. I'm like, I'm not dressing up like them. No. Zach, whatever you want to do in the privacy of your own bedroom is your business. Sorry, I don't have Jay Truman's thoughts. Really? Mm. You sure about that? But fuck you. Positive. <laughs> you know, if he was here right now, we'd be like, he'd be laughing his ass off about it. Well, yeah, that's because Jerry. That's because Jerry has a sense of humor. Yeah. Jerry doesn't get offended by shit. And also, Jerry's fine. He admits of going out and having these crazy ass fucking parties. Yes. Jeez. Learn Gator. Yeah. So, but yeah, so this was a match that was just there. I mean, I do like the fact that they count. They were like, they were doing like kick counters and stuff. And ultimately, you know, Petrovic went for a kick and missed. And then Lola Vice responded with a head kick of her own. Got the one, two, three. Lola Vice got the win. And then, of course, uh, Kalani Jordan came back out and stared her down. Because now we know that they will face each other in the finals of the tournament. Yes, they will. Yes, they will, sir. Yes, so that's going to be the uh, the big... Big fight there. So Kalani Jordan and Lola Vice will be facing off next week, and the winner of that match wins the breakout tournament, which means the winner of that match will get a shot at the NXT Women's Championship. Very true, sir. And apparently it can be cashed in money in the bank style, so whenever they want. Oh. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Yes, we see. We will. We will. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see uh, Chase U celebrating their tag team title win. Mm -hmm. So they're all excited. They're dancing around. They're doing the Chase U thing. Chase U. Chase Chase you, Chase you, Chase you. Yeah, and it looks like JC Jane and Andre Chase are slowly starting to warm up to each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chelsea Green comes in with this crazy bitch with a werewolf mask and goes, y'all are at a 10, I need you at a 5, we need noise control. Basically doing her Karen-type gimmick. And then... I have looking- something to say. What? Everybody likes to make fun of Karens and Karen this and Karen that. Who? All these people out there, when they go off being Karen. Yeah. Lenny, guess what my mother's name is? Karen? Yeah. And uh, d- do I have permission to respond no, to that? No, you do not, because she's not like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, her name is Karen. She votes on the left. She lives in California. It don't look good. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
I'm not saying she, I'm not saying she's whiny. I'm not putting her in the woke category. I'm just saying it don't look good. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You can put that flame in front of me all you want. Tell me when I'm telling lies. That's all I'm saying. Tell me when I'm telling lies. No comment. There we go. So, and then of course she takes off the mask and it's Piper Niven doing some weird werewolf-like thing going, what's it to you, small fry? And then it's like, you know, you guys don't even go here, big fry. And then of course they're talking about, um, you know, I'm going to lodge a formal complaint because you can't talk to one half of the women's tag team champions like that. And then Thea says she doesn't care. And then basically she wants to look for Shawn Michaels' office. And JC says, okay, we'll take you to Shawn Michaels' office. And while we're there, we're going to challenge you guys for the women's tag team titles. It's about time you defended them. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, chase you, let's go. And then and, Ch- and Andre Chase is so busy celebrating the fact they did it. He's not even mad that JC Jane's taking charge. So you know what? Fine. Lead the way. I don't he care. He got some gold around his waist. I bet he's happier like a kid on Christmas morning. Yeah, and he's happy about the fact he didn't use the crowbar to do it. Very true, sir. That was his thing. He's like, yeah. I don't want to win that way. Yeah. And then, of course, they do make it official. Mm-hmm. Next week, it will be for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven will defend against JC Jane and Thea Hale. Just imagine if those two ladies win. They both, they'll have the Women's Tag Team and the NXT's Tag Team. We'll see what happens. But here's the other interesting thing that goes with that there's a caveat to that if JC Jane and Thea Hale win those titles guess what they can go to other brands you go to Raw and Smackdown yes so now you can put them on the Raw roster Mm mhm you can also put them on the SmackDown roster, and in doing so, you can introduce them to the main roster audience, get a feel for them, and kind of see, okay, will they be ready to be called up soon? Will they fit in on the main roster? Can they get over on the main roster? Because if JC Jane and Thea Hale can get over on the main roster, they're more likely to get called up full-time in the future. But if they can't get over on the main roster, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to stay in NXT forever or get released. So I think it'd be a good testing ground. I think it would be ele- it would help out Chase U. I don't know what it will do to Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, though, because... I don't know if Chelsea Green can make it on on her own as a single star. I'm not trying to hate on Chelsea. I'm just saying I don't know if she can do it. Piper Niven, I know, can do it because she's got the skills. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Hopefully there's no throwing into the towel in those matches. (laughs) And then we see, we cut to the, the bird's nest, the crow's nest area. And we see two security guards and in walks... Jade Cardgill shows up mm-hmm. and she kind of takes off her like robe, kind of does the bicep pose, mm-hmm. and then she sits, crosses her legs, and sits on a throne that was brought out for her as she watches the main event. So I love this because again, they're showcasing Jade Cargill without having to make her work a match. Because Triple H said they're not gonna put Jade Cargill on a brand or in the ring until they feel like she's ready and they're gonna give her time. Triple H says he is very patient. That's the thing about him. He believes that patience is a virtue, even if the WWE universe does not. I'm patient to a degree, but once we get past that point, it's like, okay, let's pull the fucking trigger now. But I'm not in a rush to see Jay Cargill wrestle. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm saying find the right time. And I would say there are two moments that would make sense to put Jay Cargill in the ring. Either debut her at Survivor Series, or if you want to wait a little bit longer, she needs more time to, to marinate and get used to the WWE playbook, you debut her at the Rumble. And then she can throw some people over the top rope. I, again, I would have Jay Cargill win the Royal Rumble and challenge for a title at WrestleMania, and I would put the belt on her. 
strap the rocket shit to Jade Cargill because she's a fucking champ. She's got it all. She has the look. She has the skill. Like I said, she can work. She's not phenomenal, but under the WWE system, she can learn all the things she can't learn in AEW. Okay, she can be properly trained. So I like the fact that she's you know still showing herself out there and letting people know she's a star. They're they're ta- they're they're treating her like a star, and they should because you gotta understand. Jay Cargill did not come from the indies. Even though we joke about AEW being a glorified indie fed, it's not a glorified indie fed. That's just something we say because of how they run their business and how they, most of their wrestlers and stars. But Jay Cargill, you understand, she was on primetime TV. She had an undefeated streak that went for a very long time. And she was the TBS champion. So she is bringing star power with her to WWE. So they're treating her like a star because she is. It's not like these other women that came up through the NXT rankings and didn't have any fame other than being on NXT. Which, as we know, NXT doesn't always mean anything because not every call-up goes well. So, Jay Cargill came from another company, so that means she is a star. Treat her as such. It's brilliant. So she sits there to watch the next match, which is the main event of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defends the title against Lyra Valkyria. At first, this was... Okay, you think was it slow start? Yeah, but once then they started getting up there, and yeah, I mean, right? I mean, these two <laughs> ladies beat the living shit out of each other. It was a slow start, and we thought it was gonna get boring, but then they started getting more exciting. I mean, a lot of these great moves and kick out after kick out after kick out. Maybe a couple for uh, too many false finishes there, but it, in, the, in the end, though, it was great. And lo and behold, on free TV for some strange ass reason, but it worked. The new NXT win. Women's champion, Lyra Valkyrie. Take it away, Vinny. Okay, like I said, this was a very slow start. At first, it wasn't quite interesting, but there was a build to it, so I can let that go, okay? Because eventually, it started working. You know, we started seeing uh, Lyra Valkyrie kicking out of moves and, you know, the cross arm bar and countering with a pin, like, you know, the modified butterfly hold by Valkyra, Lynch escapes. They were trading submissions, trading holds. There was grappling. There was working. This was Lyra showing that she can hang with the big girls, I should say, you know. This is she, she. She can be a top. She can be a top star. So everything was done well. Great psychology. And then of course in the end, uh, we see all of the crazy shit. <laughs> the spinning head kick. Lynch kicks out. Lynch hits the manhandle slam. We're convinced it's over. Valkyra kicks out. Becky in a state of fucking shock. She has no idea how to put this bitch away. <laughs> the second she kicked out of that manhandle slam, it changed the dynamic of the match and it sucked all the air out of the room because everyone was surprised. <laughs> then, eventually, Becky goes again for the manhandle slam. Valkyra counters it into a rear roll-up pin and gets the one, two, three. She is now the new women's champion and, of course, uh, Becky rips the belt away from the referee. There's this awkward moment of what's going to happen. She hands the belt to Valkyra. There's the hug. There's the embrace. Becky Lynch is now anointing Lyra Valkyria as the new women's champion. And, of course, they were showing this uh, bar in the UK Mm -hmm. um, that was showing this off because there were a lot of um, Irish people being interviewed, fans and shit. (laughs) Because they were making a big deal out of the fact that these were two Irish lasses 
Irish women that were fighting for this title and that it was historic. So they got they were bringing the UK in. So they really, really sold this on being a, an epic main event. And Lyra Valkyra giving it everything she has. And now Becky Lynch anointing Lyra as the top star. Very true, sir. Yep, yep, yep. And I first was at the end of the match. I thought Becky was going to turn heel and beat the shit out of her, but, but I was wrong. Yeah. Well, it had all the dynamics for the potential of that. And it sounded interesting in theory, but here's the problem. Mm. Where would you go from there? What would be the point? Pissed out that she lost or there was no point at all? Well, no, I, I mean, I kayfabe-wise, I can see the reason. I'm talking about storyline-wise. Why would you do that if you're booking? Why would you have her turn heel? What would be the point of that? That you feel like you can get another match out of these two? Where would you take it? It just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So I feel like this was it, and I feel like Becky, I guess she's done everything she needs to do in NXT. And I guess they felt like, okay, this run is done, and we can bring her back to Raw and make her do something else. And Lyra Valkyria was great because now this puts her on another level because she beat the man Becky Lynch. The man so this, Becky Lynch. This now ups her resume. Gradually. Yeah, because Tiffany Stratton, she already upped her resume with just the phenomenal matches they had. Even though she lost the title and didn't get the rematch, the performance she put on alone mm. put her on another, you know, stratosphere. So that's why I'm not worried about her. And the other women that lost to Becky Lynch, they didn't need the title or in that moment either. Lyra, I think, was good for this. I look forward to seeing what she can do as the NXT Women's Champion because I'm excited. And with all the shocking shit that went down, and the match is announced. I'm definitely excited for night two of Halloween Havoc. Same here. That will be taking place next week. Yeah, same here. Same here as well, sir. Same here as well, here, sir. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this uh, recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time. Your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Uh, I might have to work, guys. I'm taking my vacation. But if I'm if I'm not here, Benny, I'm sorry, but if I'm here, I'll enjoy it. All right. Uh, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the male soap opera moment. We just posted our recap. Of of WWE Fastlane. Make sure you check that out. And of course, uh, be on the lookout for the uh, Crown Jewel predictions that will be coming in, uh, think about a week. Yeah, next week is going to be WWE Crown Jewel. So we'll be having our uh, predictions for Crown Jewel coming out soon. But in the meantime, check out the Fastlane recap. All of this is on the Boochcast Facebook page. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets photos, and videos, visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we are currently in the process of uh, getting some videos uh, recorded and edited. I'm still doing research on some more Dark Side of the 2000 episodes that I plan on putting out. I plan on meeting up with Elvis at some point to... Uh, get the Magnum TA episode done. And of course, Zach and I at some point are collaborating with Elvis to get Doink the Clown done. So we got a lot of stuff uh, coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. So subscribe now, check out what's already there and be ready for the new stuff that drops. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. 
as we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be if Zach is able to make it for next week's NXT, mm -hmm. we will do a live stream from Twitch for Halloween. We'll be in costume and we'll watch NXT together. I don't know if I'll be able to show NXT physically on there. I don't know why I wouldn't. It's free TV, but we'll figure that out. I'll, I'll make some calls, see what happens. But if he's not able to show up next week, then the next watch party after that will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we're still trying to work out some kinks on that because, uh, as we know, Zach will not be there as he will be uh, washing dishes. Uh, me, I, as of right now, I'm still planning to go to WrestleCade with Buff Bagwell on the 24th and 25th of November. But with scheduling issues and the way things have been going right now, I'm not sure if I'm even still going to WrestleCade. Plans might change. So obviously, if I end up not going to WrestleCade, I will be live streaming the re the uh, Survivor Series watch party. If I do end up going, then I will not be there, but I hope the team will get together and they will put something out. So we're still trying to work that shit out. We'll see what happens. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spot.com Spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the elite, we actually care about our fans. We're dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe it's going to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there is any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And if he continues to imitate me like he always does, maybe eventually he'll imitate me in the pussy department. <laughs> and until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.